The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Craig, and the Raiders play the Detroit Lions. Preseason is here, folks. Football season is here, folks. We got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of loose ends in the Raider Nation. Before I get to the show, all those folks who paid for tickets to fly to London to see the Raiders uh, play the Seahawks, well, the stadium ain't done, as you well know. And tickets, who knows? So the NFL, uh, that's funny, if you want to try to get a hold of the NFL, you could forget it, because there's no way in. There's no phone number, there's no email, there's nothing. The NFL as an entity is absolutely sealed off from its fan base. Can you believe that? I was blown away. I was just trying to find out about tickets and come to realize that the NFL is completely insulated from the fan. What a trip. There's an organization who is tax exempt, just like churches. You believe that? That's the truth. And it is a fact that the NFL is tax exempt. All those fat cat billionaires making more money then you and me, because you got to pay taxes on everything, brother. They're making all the bucks. That's why they're not going to buck this Mr. Trump, whatever. Don't get me started. Uh, they're going to all fall right in line because they don't want anything messing with their tax-free situation. That's why they're not pushing back on Uncle Sam. You can take it to the bank, my brothers. All right. What's on today's show? On today's show, we have Mac. He ain't back. No, he ain't. By any stretch of the imagination, uh, I thought it would happen. So did you. And it ain't happening. We're going to get into that. Rebranding of the Raiders. This is something that kind of creeped up the, uh, the butt pipe, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the rebranding of the Raiders seems to be a throng song or whatever, uh, coming from Mark Davis, or a.k.a. Mo, with his haircut. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of changes going through on the Raiders. We're going to hit on that. We're also going to hit on Greg Papa, released by a geek. Yep, Mark Davis fired the best, the number one sports commentator in my book, and I've heard many, if not all of them. Greg is an icon. A brilliant man and shit on by the asshole Mark Davis. I gotta say it, that's how I feel it. Um, and I could do that because it's my show. Yeah. The rookies rule. The rookies are ruling Oakland because, uh, well, that's pretty much what they have. John Gruden came in, blew up the team, started all over. This is his team. So I'm gonna talk about the rookies, what their responsibilities are, and reality. On this season, I was talking to some Raider fans the other day, and they were talking about the playoffs. Playoffs? Uh, Bro, listen, ain't going to happen this year. Uh, Unless there's some godly miracle, which I don't see happening with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Yeah, we're not (laughs) not going to the playoffs. What we are going to do is see a team in transition, uh, some exciting plays maybe, 
uh, hopefully some good talent uh, that we can look forward to in the future. But playoffs, uh, hell no, I'll say to the playoffs, although I would certainly love it. That and the bone line should wrap it up, folks. So let's get to our first story of the day. joke i love the player i love the man uh khalil max the class act always has been and probably always will be unlike the Oakland raiders who are certainly far from class acts uh and this whole debacle about his contract could be handled in one word buffoonery you guys know that one don't you okay well i didn't think it was going to be an issue because i thought we'll move into vegas the tax structure will be much more favorable to the players and the team considering there's no income tax in Nevada. Well, evidently, Mark fucks that up, too, because we don't have Mack in camp, and he might not even show up for the first preseason game. I think he will, although it will cost him eight hundred grand if he doesn't. And if he misses four games, all four of the preseason games, he's going to be uh, losing $3.5 million. Well, that's a lot of money. I don't expect that to happen. The other thing that I, I feel, um, uh, just on another note with Mac, is it's a lot of rumors of the trade. Like, this guy's going to get traded for I don't give a shit how many picks. The great Greg Papa joining us here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Pop? How are you? Good morning, boys. How are you doing today? We're well. When you look at the situation with Khalil Mack, Pop, how do you think this gets resolved? Does the holdout last all the way until week one? Do they trade him? What's the move that they make here? I don't think they're going to trade him. It'd be so hard to get value back for him, as we talked about on previous shows. I don't know. The fact that they haven't had any dialogue at all since February is interesting to me. Is that accurate? I can't believe Tom Delaney, who negotiates the Raiders' deals, hasn't reached out to Joel Siegel. But, uh Again, you know, do the Raiders have enough cash around to put the guaranteed money immediately into an escrow account? Uh, I don't know uh, how this is going to play out. Listen, man, how long did it take for us to get a guy like Mac? right? Think about it for a second, folks. With all the buffoonery and the draft picks and the lack of talent in the Raiders organization to find a Mac, it wasn't until we got the first, second, third round or fifth I'm a fifth pick of the draft, and we ended up with him. How many times do you think we're going to have a player like that fall into our laps? If we don't pay him, I guarantee you there are many teams pounding on the door right now willing to give us many draft picks for Khalil Mack. You know why? Because they can't pick either. Because picking is a crapshoot, and that's a fact. you got a player here not only has no issues off the field, He's a dynamo on the field. He makes your defense. He creates the push and the sacks needed to win a championship. And what the hell are they doing in Oakland? Why have they not come to agreement with this guy? I see it could be the most simple contract ever. I mean, there's no other team that's going to just move to a tax-free state overnight. California is a nightmare. I live here. I can tell you. 
California, they suck the blood right out of your wallet. You think you can't get blood out of a stone or a turnip like my mom used to say. Well, they're finding blood out of your wallet here in California. Trust me. I think I think Nevada and the state taxes may be involved. I mean, think about going from the, the highest possible tax rate in a state income tax level you could have at 13.3% down to one of seven states in the, in the nation that has zero percent tax. So that's interesting. That's not hard to overcome, though they, they did that with Derek Carr. They also also uh, structured it more in the back end for John Gruden's deal. I don't see why that would be a major issue. Uh, I'm not sure, Dibs, but I, I don't think you trade a player like this. It's just so difficult to trade a guy like this. I mean, it's just hard. It's hard to trade a player like this. I mean, for years you never saw trades. There are more trades in the NFL now. The LA Rams made a a flurry of trades. They're just difficult to make to get value back. Uh, but they got to figure out a way how to pay this guy. And obviously, I think he wants to be the highest paid defensive player of the year. And whether or not he deserves that, he's got the leverage. And, and you know, he who goes last always lasts the loudest. So uh, he's going to be able to get certainly uh, very close to Vaughn Miller money, if not uh, past that. These guys are making money and they're paying big money. So, I don't know what the hell's going on. What the hell's going on around here? In Oakland, uh, veggie seems to be vegetating as usual on this particular uh, situation. John Gruden and his, you know, he is who he is. What are you going to do? He is who he is. Max not here. What am I going to say? We'll get him when we get him. Playing it down to the bone. Meantime, his defense is being focused on the new guys on the D-line. That's the big story. I'm going to hit on that in a minute. you got to get Mac in the room. You know, I was talking earlier about the Mac quandary the Raiders are in. They don't have a lot of room to give him any new money, I wouldn't think, this year. But you know how Al Davis worked, and, and Mark is similar. This is not a, a cash uh, you know, rich team like Stan Kroenke. And the way it works in the NFL, whatever guaranteed money they give Khalil, and if he gets more than Vaughn Miller, that's going to be in excess of $70 million. They have to put those dollars into a, a escrow account immediately upon his signing. And if he gets a huge bonus, which he'll get, that money has to be, you know, cash ready immediately. Is that is that a concern in light of the Derek Carr deal last year for Tom Delaney, who does the Raiders contract since the Raiders are a cash poor you would think franchise at least that's what's been communicated to us Michael right guaranteed money look the the system back in the 60s was put into effect you you could guarantee up to a million dollars before having to fund it now there's funding dates as soon as you sign that contract you do not have to fund the money right then there's funding dates on when you have to do it and that's why you'll see roster bonuses injury guarantees that then become skill guarantees which effectively are injury and skill, but they're just really working around the guaranteed mechanism of funding money in the league office. And I think that's what the Raiders will do, and that's how they'll do it. Now, though everybody will say, well, we want it fully buttoned up, fully guaranteed completely. You know, that's the reality of it. But when it's injury guaranteed, that's as much as anything. And I think when you have a player with skill that's triggered in, I don't think the cash flow is going to be much of a problem. I think getting to the right number is the problem right now and how they handle it. I think, look, this is one of the best players in the league, but I I don't think this is about guaranteed. I think this is uh, cash flow. I think this is about really the verbiage of the guarantee language. Got to get Mac on the field. I can tell you one thing, John, I mean, uh, Rod Woodson, 
Charles Woodson had some great advice for Khalil, and I'm sure that he's on the same page. Stay in shape, be in shape, get into camp, or that first season or first game you want to get into, get there in shape. It won't take much for Mac to get it. He's a pro. He's a pro bowler um, when he comes back. My only problem with this whole process, really, is how would you feel when these guys are holding back, not talking to you? Uh, there's a lot of negative. There's some whispers of trades in the wind. How would you feel? I'd feel pissed off. I'd be flipped out. And I'd be getting phone calls or letters or whatevers from potential suitors of mine in the NFL. And I'd start to consider that shit, wouldn't you? I would. Uh, I think the Raiders are playing with fire here. They better get a fire hose and put this shit out. Because if they don't, they're going to have a huge barn fire, which will be the 2018 Raiders football season. And that is all I have to say. Oh, one more thing. Matt gets $13 million this year. It's not like it's chicken scratch. That's a hell of a lot of money. But it's not about what he gets. It's what, what he deserves and man, players in his in his realm of talent are getting the money. Uh, look at Aaron Donald. Wait till you see the monster contract he gets. So we'll see. Some say they're waiting for that contract, and Donald's waiting for Max contract. I think that's horse crap. I think they'll get plenty of money uh, between both those guys. But uh, I don't know about this Mac deal. It stinks right now. Smells like rotten fish. And, uh, well, that's all I have to say about that. All right. The rookies rule. The rookies rule at the Raiders camp. Why? Because that's where their talent is at this point. John Gruden has shed the team of other players and, and the likes of other players. And this is nothing strange in the NFL realm. New coaches do the same thing many times, at least coaches with this much juice. Because a $100 million contract is a bunch of juice. And having that much power, he rules the roost over there in Oakland. And he cut people he wanted, and he got people here he wanted. Uh, there's a couple places here I see that our team uh, could have some issues, linebacker. However, we have veterans at the linebacker position. Uh, Nick Morrow, I think, is going to be the fresh start, the guy that's going to have to look at, uh, at least in coverage, because all the other guys that we got were not good in coverage. They're too slow, and they're getting slower as they get older. So the same problem we have in the middle now, or last year, in the last five years, we're going to continue to have unless Nick Morrow uh, can get out there and handle his business like I think he can. He's one of our our own projects from Oakland. Uh, he came from Oakland. He is an Oakland guy, and I hope he wins the job because he deserves it for being there so damn long and playing so well. I think he played really well last year. He kicked his game up a little bit. I think he could take this job, but... We have those veterans, which are all mainly like the pass rusher, watch the run kind of guys. But that middle, that soft underbelly that we've had for many decades here, it seems like, uh, is still exposed. 
if we can't get someone to be a better in coverage in the middle. I'm concerned certainly about that. But the rookies, Colton Miller, a lot of fluff and stuff and puff about how well he's doing in camp. This leads me to believe that I should be concerned, and so should you. Anytime they're talking so much love on a player, it's either good or they're trying to play him up and then throw him out there to the Lions, see what happens. Literally, they're throwing Colton Merrill to the Lions on Friday at 7.30. So um, we'll see how he does at left tackle. I don't see that as his natural position. Maybe, but I just don't. He's just too big, and I don't know if he's quick enough. Maybe he is. I hope so. Because uh, Donald Penn, as funky as he is, has been a solid player there until last season. And he's going to continue to break down because he's getting older and he's got a lot of boo-boos. And that's what happens to older players. I'm an older player myself on football, but I had plenty of injuries from the firehouse, that's for sure. So, listen, (laughs) along with that offensive line, which is going to be very new, Okay, so we have to protect Carr. Carr under pressure is an ugly thing. We've all seen it. We don't need it. So hopefully they can solidify that Colton Miller at left tackle and make that a solid place because if that doesn't happen, it's going to be a long season, Raider fans. A very long season of Derek Carr running for his life and trying to throw within an inch of his life. I hope that's not the case. The other thing is the defense. Defensive line is completely new. They're rookies. They're rookies, and, you know, they call rookies for a reason. They can go on and on and camp about how fabulous the defensive line is, how Hurst, Arden Key, and how they're doing the greatest things on the planet. They're rookies. They're new guys. They're FNGs. These guys haven't seen it. They can't imagine it. Because it isn't until you play it, ask any single player, that you understand the speed, the tenacity, and the patience and mindset you need to play in this NFL. These guys are rookies. And they can talk till they're purple at the Raiders camp, but they're rookies, and the rookiness will show this season. This is a season of learning. We are all going to sit through a season of education for this young team. Not that it's bad. It's just the way it is. The way it is, <laughs> is we are going to have to suffer through yet another first coach's year with a new scheme, defense, offense, everything. So it is a season of rookies. They are going to have to carry the show. That's no joke. And in that alone, not counting the new coaches, the new playbook, um, I mean, what else do I New head coach, all that stuff. All that thing, all the things that they have to overcome, right? And then <sighs> they're rookies. <laughs> so... You know, just expect what you expect. Don't think playoffs, man, because it ain't going to happen. Just enjoy John Gruden on the sideline flipping out because of the calls the refs are making. And, you know, that's the entertainment for this season, at least for me anyways. Uh, There's a lot of growing this team has to do, and it's going to take a couple years to get it done, at least that long. 
and at least that many. Because we got players like Martavius Bryant. He ain't showing up. That's a third-round pick. Not that it means a lot, but we could have got something for that. Uh, Bryant, like I said when they did the trade, whatever. Uh, He's hanging by a dingo. I mean, he's just at the very end of the rope. There's no room for this young man. I hope the very best for him. If it doesn't look like he's showing up in camp, hell, if this is my last chance to make that money that I'm going to live on, my family's going to live on, my great-grandkids are going to live on, you better get to it, partner, because Gruden ain't screwing around. And when he says he ain't playing favorites, you can take it to the bank. Because unless you're performing, you're not going to be on the field, brother. So Martavius Bryant, along with another couple other guys, they let go of Trevecchio. You know, he wasn't the best kicker. He was kind of the fill-in guy for the Raiders. I hope he gets a job somewhere else. He wasn't terrible. He did a pretty good job last year. But, you know, in typical Gruden fashion, he wants everything to fit perfectly. So we got a right-hand holder for a right-hand kicker. And just the the way he describes it, that's the fluidity you need to get these kicks done. I think you need a kicker. But that's just me. I'm not John Gruden, and I'm not getting a $100 million contract for for shit. <laughs> I might even get a, get a dollar, okay? <laughs> so uh, just expect that, folks, for this season. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting, going to be fun. And that is all I have to say about that. going to do two stories on this subject. Greg Papa, the ugly release or the ugly firing, I'll say it that way, of a fantastic, brilliant broadcaster. I can't even believe the depth of anger that I have over Mark Davis's, you know, what a punk. I cannot stand that Mo. He's such an idiot. Uh, and he's rebranding the Raiders. This is part of it, folks. They're moving away from Oakland, and they're moving away from that brand of football. Greg Papa was like the first onslaught of the change. Now, there was a lot of rumor about he didn't want to go to Vegas, a lot of rumors about that, but that's bullshit. Some of the misinformation via blogs, it is just laughable what people put out there in your report, what you read in a blog. It is just, we are rampant with misinformation. But the Las Vegas angle to this discussion was never in play here. It was never brought up to me. And while I was away, there was a a laughable defense raised not an issue far greater than this, one of the greatest issues in our country today, of the difference between the words would and wouldn't, which is amazing to me. But in any respect, as it, as it pertains to me, I was never asked would I go to Las Vegas. I never said I wouldn't go to Las Vegas. It was never presented to me. And I never said I wouldn't go. 
I would certainly be open to going to Las Not any longer, obviously, but at the time, you know, what's so bad about flying down to Las Vegas on a Friday, having a nice weekend there, doing the game on, on Sunday with a hangover and coming back? <laughs> I mean, so I, that, that was never presented to me. And in light of where I stood now in the organization, and I, I don't work directly for the Raiders. I never received a nickel for broadcasting their games. They were either radio stations over the years or now Compass Media Networks has the rights they paid me. The Raiders did pay me when I did the other things for them at the Silver and Black Show and the preseason games, but I never was a direct employee of the team. So uh, the Las Vegas angle is not a part of this. Listen, man, I call it like I see it. I think Mark is an idiot. I think he's a he, he is stupid, and he certainly has people around him that aren't as brilliant as he is, evidently, because Greg Papa, I can't even tell you, and I've seen people on Facebook talk about, oh, he's on the radio. Who listens to the radio? Well, listen, brilliant ones out there who don't listen to the radio, who don't listen to local broadcasters, you guys are boneheads. Because those guys are the guys in the locker room, man. They're the guys with the knowledge. My show, if you've been listening for any time, had Greg Papa on the time. You know the brilliance of Papa. He doesn't not only know football. He is, <laughs> he is brilliant at every sport. Hockey, baseball, basketball, soccer. He's been the voice of the Warriors. <laughs> the A's. a lot for Michael Crawford. He caught it! He caught it! He caught it! Give it to me again! Here's Gronkowski now going to throw it for the end zone and it's caught! Lewis Murphy in the back corner of the end zone with nine seconds to go! Give it to me again! McFadden breaks a tackle! He's gone! He knows history. He knows names. Not only is he brilliant, he puts it into context. He's easy to listen to. He's so smart. He brings so many different aspects of the sport together and gives it to you in a really graceful and wonderful way. So anybody out there who's dumb enough to say, oh, he's a radio broadcaster. They Who listens to that? Well, who listens to it? Smart sports fans listen to local guys. Because local guys, Greg Papa, was all over the Raiders. He was everywhere. He was with Al Davis forever. Um, I I just, <laughs> it just kills me to hear the pettiness and the smallness of Mark Davis, who is yet again and always will be at the little boy's table at the owner's meeting. I don't give a shit if his stadium is fabulous. He will always be at the little boy's table when it comes to the NFL because he's a moron. That's it. Look at him. Take a picture of him and look at him and think, do you think genius? No. Right away. What do you think? Yeah, just like me, bonehead. Rebranding of the Raiders is something I'm terribly afraid of as a Raider fan. I'm, I'm afraid that Mark Davis and company has decided to go another direction. Like, let's just shed – the blue collar guy. Let's just shed that guy. We we don't need that guy. We don't need the Oakland guy, is what I'm seeing. 
We don't need the Oakland fan base thing. We want to get away from the Coliseum parking lot. We want to go to this opulent place and bring up the the look of the fan base. We want whiter fans. We want richer fans. And we don't want any buffoonery fans anymore. That's what I see as rebranding. This is the beginning of a great change that's going to happen. And by the time they get to Vegas, it's going to be about halfway done. And they'll continue that brand driving for a while. But you can take it to the bank. They're changing the Raider brand. Now, I don't know if they're going to change colors. I doubt it. But who knows? Uniforms? Who knows? But the branding of the Raiders now is going to be white, rich, and wealthy. That is what I see. They're pricing out the little guy. That's what I'm saying. Now, I got nothing against all you guys can afford season tickets at the Taj Mahal there in Vegas. I got nothing against a Vegas fan at all. What I have against is the rebranding of the Raiders. Since when and why? Um, PSLs are going to be brutally expensive. And for those who have little kids and have college tuition things going on, it ain't going to happen. You're going to have to watch them on TV like me. But as far as rebranding goes, the first shot was Greg Papa. That was an insult. Um, They fired him for some stupid-ass reason. I don't know. They had to dig deep for that one. Welcome to the Afternoon Delight. Glad to be back from vacation along with Greg Papa. We have a lot to discuss since we last did a show together back on June 29th. But Raider Nation, we all know why you tuned in today, along with everyone else in the Bay Area. It's been three weeks since you heard from them, so I won't waste any more time. Papa, the floor is yours. I haven't been fired from this job, Pante. I'm, I'm still good here. You're still good to go. Oh, yeah. so I see usually, I when I, usually when I go away in July, I'm looking for a permanent vacation. Well, I think Ray Rattle helped you out with that, Pop. Yeah, I, this one became a, a semi-permanent vacation. So uh, just to catch you up to speed, so Pante uh, and I did our last show in late June on that Friday, and I took off like I always do the first three weeks in July. And I was actually driving down to Southern California, Bonte, to visit my daughters. Mm-hmm. And that's when the news of uh, LeBron James going to the Lakers hit. So, that, you know, right away, it's like I'm grabbing the steering wheel. And then uh, the next morning I wake up, and I'm on a beautiful bike ride, uh, leaving Santa Monica, going to Venice Beach, going to stop at one of my favorite places, Perry's, to have breakfast. And I get a text from Mark Bidane, the president of the Oakland Raiders, which is not that uncommon this time of the year, when uh, later in the week, if you're around, let's get together for a drink. And I said, I'm in L.A. I'm not sure I'm going to come back later in the week. What's up? And he said, uh, it's better we speak in person. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Make that a triple. <laughs> so I knew it. I'd heard some rumblings through a John Gruden text, a former Raider, Bruce Gretkowski, who had the three touchdown passes in Pittsburgh. You heard his touchdown call to Lewis Murphy. That something may be going on. But we were talking, you know, late, late June now when I get this text from Mark Bedane. It was July the 2nd. So I'm thinking, no, it's not going to involve that. I'm not sure what it's going to involve because there was talk earlier in the offseason about expanding my role with the Raiders. And then, well, to make a long story short, I come home. Uh, I meet Mark on July the 5th, which is the day after you know, L. Davis's birthday, and that's always a, a special day, certainly with me and with the Raider Nation and the Raider family. 
And, uh, you know, after a glass of wine uh, and some chat, we got right to the uh, crux of the matter, and he said, we're not going to bring you back. And uh, the reason it happened the way it did involves this very radio program. And it goes back to January of 2015 when the Raiders were looking for a new head coach. And, you know, I lost a job. Tony Sperano yesterday lost his life. Yes. And that really, you know, we're almost the same age. I got to know Tony a little bit. We'll talk about it later. He also worked on the other side of the bay. But when Tony Sperano, you know, finished up that year, that 2014 year for Dennis Allen, they didn't a new head coach. And uh, there was a report that came to light about 15 minutes before my radio show one day, I think it was a Monday, that the Raiders were going to interview Mike Shanahan to be the head coach of the team. Now, I had known this for about a week and a half before. I forget uh, exactly who tipped me off, whether it was Coach Madden who conducted the interview or Bill Romanowski, who was hoping that Mike Shanahan would get the job because I think Romo would have worked for the Raiders in some capacity, reuniting with his former coach in Denver. In any event, I, I knew it, it wasn't going to happen probably because the interview didn't go great, but it was out there and it was going to be a story about 15 minutes before the show. And I kind of got pushed into a corner. You know me. I, I am outspoken. And uh, I just I felt it to be uh, beyond my comprehension, it still is, that Mike Shanahan could interview to be the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. I just uh, It was beyond me, knowing how much Al Davis loathed him. Uh, it just couldn't happen. So I, I was kind of, you know, we started the show that day, and I did go back and read some of my excerpts. Where it got heated was when Bill Romanowski was in studio that day with Rod Woodson. We were doing a football hour, and they were openly campaigning for Shanahan to be the coach of the Raiders. And I was extremely outspoken uh, about how it just could not happen, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I threatened to quit as the voice of the team, and I would have no association with him. And the reason I was doing it was my my love and respect for Al Davis. And to interview Mike Shanahan to be the whole coach of the team, I still can't believe the concept of it. January 2015. Welcome back, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. Yes, the 2014 season, it's over. I'm burying it in the backyard with the dog dookie. If you know what I'm saying, we got things to talk about. We're moving forward. The Raiders are changing every day. We're going to talk about that and more here on show 428. So now let's travel to the stars. <laughs> oh, gosh. The NFL, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Raider Nation. <laughs> its lifelong mission is to dominate, to make others fear when they come to the black hole. And to go where no team has gone before, from the toilet to the crown. That's right, to the NFL championship and win. Well, it sure seems to me as a Raider fan, the Raiders are looking in other galaxies. I mean, they're doing a full-on search for the new coach, the new leader of the Oakland Raiders. And honestly, it's refreshing. It's nice to see that they're doing due diligence. They're looking at coaches that, you know, listen, 
the names we're hearing are pretty damn good as far as names that we've heard in the past. I mean, we would get the last possible coach standing. That would be the rumor. And then we would end up getting an assistant to the assistant that had refused the job from the first assistant. <laughs> A decade of coaching buffoonery. It must come to an end this season. And at least it looks like the Raiders are doing their job to find our guy. So let's just listen to some of the guys' names that are out there and the Raiders are interested. It's important to understand that <laughs> this is a shell game of coaches, and we all know the name of the game here is one coach leaves here, another one goes there. It's about the combination. So Daryl Bevel, Pat Shermer, Jack Del Rio, Scott Lanahan, Pep Hamilton, Todd Bowles, Tony Sperano, Eric Mangini, Mike Olbram, Terry Austin, Rex Ryan, and our man, <laughs> you know you love him, that would be Mike Shannarat. Yes, the Shannarats, well, you, for one rat, you get one rat, you get two. It's two for the price of one. Two rats for the price of one if you would hire Shanahan, who did interview for this job, and Greg Papa said it was an insult to Al Davis, his memory, that this hated, I mean, they hated each other, a uh, rival would be invited into the building. You judge for yourself. Thanks for joining us. Football Hour. John Lund, Greg Papa joined every Tuesday from 2 to 3. Rod and Romo jump in. Coaching searches are the big thing. And we'll get into Mike Shannon because I know, uh, obviously, you played for him. Romo will do it in a minute. But the biggest issue, and I don't want to speak for you here, Pop, but is the old relationship between what Al had and Mark. And, and I know they interviewed him, and, and apparently it went well with the Raiders. But, I mean, wh what do you make of the way that Al and Mike ended things before? Does that matter? You talking to me? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, mean, obviously, I, I think Bill knows how I feel about this. I've spoken about it for the last day and a half. Yes, it matters greatly. I have no problem with Mike Shanahan as a football coach. I think at, at a time... He was the best play designer and play caller in pro football. And when the Raiders played him, I feared him. I, I knew he would isolate the weakness in the Raider defense. He would attack it. He would wait and do it at a pivotal moment of the game. His football acumen, I, I do not deny. I, I, you don't have to sell me on Mike Shanahan. He can coach 31 other teams in the league. He cannot coach the Raiders, in my opinion. As close as I am with Al and was with Al and knowing the animosity that he felt toward Mike Shanahan, the fact that we're having this discussion is beyond disrespectful for, to me. And uh, to me, it just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to have him revitalize the franchise. And, Al, and it's not like this is a different ownership group. It's Al's wife and Al's son that are running it. And to run it in such a regard that would show him no respect, it just would not be worth it. So I, you don't have to sell me about Mike Shanahan. But what, I know what a great what? coach he is. I don't want him coaching the Raiders, Bill, and I made that so clear a, to you. But that's a is that a personal thing? Yes, it's a personal well, thing. I yes. mean, that's what I mean. Yes. That's, that's well, dig dig, 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 dig yourself a grave. It's personal. Al did Start things digging. that are personal. Know, He's not the only football coach in America. I know, but this is highly personal. Yes, I know. It's highly personal. It, it, there are certain people that cross the line, and you can't go back. He thought about John Gruden. He did. I think he was patching things up to John to some respect. Oh, bull crap he was. Yes, he was, Bill. Yes, oh. he was. 
Yes, he was. Well, I just this say this. This is different. This, I say this. It is if, personal. If, it's, if, it's absolutely personal. This is, what I would, this is what I would say to Mark, is that, you know, I love Al Davis. I really did. He treated me tremendously well at the time I was with the Raiders. Um, but Mark has to make a decision based on the future of the franchise. Now, if the future of the franchise is to bring back the best available coach, and if, it, if that coach in his mind is Mike Shanahan, then you bring him back to turn this thing back around. If, if you don't want to bring him back because he's not the best coach available, then you don't bring him back. I agree with but that. But I just don't think you let the – I understand what I – I understand that Al and Mike Shanahan had something, you know, whatever it was they had against each other, or against or, you know, Mike against him, Al against him. It really – I don't know. He hated his guts for 20 years. But that's right? – I, I mean, I got that. I do understand yeah, that. But I, I said there's – but there has to be – Mark has to make sure that he's making the right decisions for the future – of the Oakland Raiders franchise. Now, if if every if some people take a personal where Mike is, if he does get hired and they think it's a slap in the face to Al Davis, then you know Mark's going to have to make amends with that. But if he is the best guy available and he can turn this franchise around, and Mark believes that, but he doesn't make the decision to hire him because of the animosity that was between him and his father. I think will be unfair to his company. I really do. I mean, I, I do get it. Great point. Brad. I really get it. Great but point. Just make sure you're not making something so personal that you can't have the clarity of what's right for the future. Because winning is what is important to the Raider Nation. They haven't had it for 10 plus years. And it has gone downhill. It hasn't gone, like, gradually. It has gone downhill. It. This is an opportunity here with a young quarterback, a great offensive mind. You have a great linebacker on the other side that you can build a defense around. Some good young corners, potential good young corners. You have... $65 million to spend. Do you trust Reggie McKenzie with that $65 million based on what he spent the money on last year? For me, you just look at what a guy has done in his past, and that scares me. Could he resurrect that and change and make great choices this year? I think he hey, could. Bill, Bill when, you, when you left the Broncos, yes, and, and Mike Shanahan let you go, and Al Davis hired you as a Raider, did you ever talk to L. Davis about Mike Shanahan? I'm sure you did. Never once. Never, he never brought him up. Is never, right? never brought him up. Did you? Did you have a feeling about what L. thought about Mike Shanahan? But here's what I did. I did. went to Bill Cow. I I I knew that, but I'm a spiritual guy. Okay, I, right. I believe. It I believe. What you thought. It doesn't matter what you thought or what Rod thought or what I thought. Guess what? The guy, you know the what guy you're, ta about guy Mike you're talking about is not alive right now. Well, Okay, and I, hey, God love him, and I hope he is resting. I guess, I hope he's in a great place, and I believe he is. But guess what? This is about Mark Davis and his legacy, okay? And Mark needs to make the best, as Rod said, the best decision for him and the Oakland Raider organization. He's got to get, you know, what, what happened 
25 years ago, 26 years ago is gone. With that mentality, Greg, with that same mentality, if you keep doing, making decisions based on past uh, people that your dad didn't like, you probably wouldn't hire anybody because he didn't like very many people unless he could control them. So based on that, you're going to be losing again next year and the year after and the year after. You're not going to get a stadium built, and the organization is going to go downhill even further. August 2018. But in any event, and I rolled with the Marcus Allen uh, torch lighting. I found out about that uh, a few minutes before a show on a Friday, that they were going to do it on Sunday. And, you know, Marcus, if you wanted to list Al's enemies, it would be Pete Rozelle, Marcus Allen, and Mike Shanahan. I'm not sure. I'm sure Rozelle would be number one. I'm not sure where the other two would be. But he took his, his uh, hatred for those men to his grave. And I, uh, I was well aware of it. We all were. So this, this to me, crossed a line. So uh, the show went on that day in January. They wound up hiring Jack Del Rio. Everybody moved on. Mark Bedane, if you remember when they uh, installed Jack as the head coach, Mark Davis also at a press conference, you know, and he announced that Mark Bedane was going to be the president of the club. And a week or so later, I spoke very nicely about Bedane that day on the radio. Didn't know Jack much yet. And uh, so I got a call from Mark Bedane, I don't know, a couple of weeks later saying, thank you for the kind words. Call me back. We call and he says, we got to go have dinner. So we had dinner, I think, a couple days later. And he said, you got to sue this over with the owner. He is not happy with what you said about his interviewing Mike Shanahan. So I called Mark Davis the next morning, very early. And uh, the phone conversation did not go well. He wound up hanging up on me. I don't know exactly what he wanted me to say, if he wanted me to apologize for my feelings. I, I said, I am sorry you feel this way. It was not a direct shot at you. It just, uh, you know, sometimes I feel as though there's nobody around here to defend Al. And I knew how much this would really, and it was just too close uh, to Al's passing to have this happen. And uh, he wound up hanging up on me. He was also very upset that I didn't call him. I found out 15 minutes before the show that day. I'd known a week and a half about it, but I found out right before. This is when it became public, when right. it leaked out to the media. Right. And, I, you know, I had to address it. And uh, he wanted me to call him and talk about him. And honestly, I said, anything you would have said 15 minutes before me going on the air was not going to soothe my emotions. So uh, it really would not have helped. But, he, I, you know, as the owner of the team, I understand the way he felt that way. But uh, for him to... Uh, want me to say I'm sorry, I'm not. And I'm not sorry to this very day. And I lost a job that I did for over 21 years at the highest level, a job that I love beyond any job I've had. I've done it the longest. This is painful for, for me personally to lose this uh, this association with this particular team. But I do not take back those words, and I do uh, move on in my own life. Now, what happened right away after this happened? Uh, I became, to some degree, public enemy number one in the organization. They immediately took me off the preseason simulcast we had that Al Davis wanted me to, to go on one year uh, because he was going to hire Warren Sapp. He had him for like a week, and he said, I need you, I need you to control Warren on the air. I said, well, good luck to that. So anyway, we did simulcast for a while. I was immediately removed from that. It could easily be spun that I was taken off the simulcast because of 
Nobody likes simulcast. You know, it's not 1970 with Chick Hearn anymore. So, you know, the radio people didn't like it. The TV people didn't like it. So I understood. They also took me off a show I did for a long, long time since John Gruden's second year as the coach of the team, the Silver and Black Show. Right. So, I, I you know, I took my penance, and I, I understand. And uh, I thought it was really over. We never were able to mend fences, uh, Mark Davis and I. Uh, whenever we were, were around at each other, you know, standing right next to each other many, many times, uh, I reached out to him to say hi. Uh, he ignored me. And it, I thought over time it would dissipate. I thought over time, especially with John Gruden coming back, that it would really go away. And I, John, uh, initially in the off offseason, uh, wanted me more involved in the organization. And uh, so to get informed of this so late in the off season, and when I asked Mark, Dane on July the 5th when he told me I'm not coming back, you know, couldn't you have told me in March or April? Why right. now? And his response basically was, we've been doing this for three and a half years, and I bought you three and a half years. So the question is, why now? And I, I don't have that answer. But I do want to clear up, and it's amazing, Bonte, you know I'm not big on social media. Yep. But people sent me a lot of stuff, and I, some of them I read, some of it, geez, I didn't die. I'm right. still alive here. <laughs> They're not going to bury me yet. So, uh, but I think, and just, and we'll wrap it up, and we're going to take your phone calls coming up in a little bit. I don't want to dwell on this today. I'm back, and I want to go back to work, and I love talking about sports, and I want to get into what's going on with the baseball teams and Marcus Cousins and all of that. But I think the bottom line, Bonte, as I say goodbye to the Raider Nation formerly today, I don't fit anymore with this team. I just do not. And it's not just me. It's John Herrera. It's John Kingdon. It's Bruce Kebrick. It's John Otten. It's Jimmy Otten. It's Dave Nash. So many. I just don't fit anymore. So I, I wish them luck. It's going to be a hard year for me. You know how much I love this game. The hardest ga- day for me is the day after the Super Bowl every year because I'm not going to have a game to broadcast for months. I am going to do college football. We'll explain it coming up later on. Uh, I may have a role in the NFL as well this year, but uh, the fact that it happened to me on July the 5th uh, is certainly bad timing in all respects. But uh, I just think as this team proceeds into the future, I no longer fit. And this is not Al Davis's football team anymore, and maybe that's my own mistake, that uh, I never realized it. That day he died, that Saturday in Houston, I should have realized it years ago, but I am realizing it now. A uh, Brent Musburger. <laughs> Is his replacement. Can I get a yawn? <sighs> yes. I have never listened to a more boring, boring, and let me say, out of touch broadcaster ever. You are looking live at Ohio Stadium in Columbus, Ohio. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. You are looking live at the Los Angeles Coliseum. You are looking live at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. You are looking live at the University of Phoenix Stadium. Flutie flushed, throws it down. Caught by Boston College. I don't believe it. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Crabtree pulls free. And touchdown, Red Raiders with a second to go. Fourth down. Could be up to the offensive line. No, Prince is going to throw for it. Got to get it off. They go for the ball game. Touchdown, 
Oh, you're still fired up. You're back to picking the Raiders over Kansas City. Listen, I'll tell you one thing. Jackson is going to light up Kansas City and all the baseball fans today. All right, Jimmy. Well, you know, right now in RFK Stadium, we got the Dallas Cowboys and the Redskins getting ready to go to war. <laughs> Dallas's last stand, Irv Cross, was down in Big D. That story's coming up in just a moment. How about those two AFC playoff games on Saturday? Weren't they classics? Oakland and Baltimore. The fourth quarter is worth a second look as the Colts appeared to have it wrapped up. Here is Ron Lee diving off guard for the score. It was 24-21. The lead had changed hands four times at that point. Now it is Kenny Stabler going to his running back, Van Egan, who got past McLeod and finally is brought down at the 29-yard line of the Colts. That set up the score as Banaszak barged across. Oakland led again. Then it was Jones going to Ray Chester on this pass right here, knocked down at the 44-yard line, and Ron Lee barged in the sixth time the lead had changed hands. It was 31-28. Then perhaps the play of the day. Stabler going long, and the great Dave Casper making like Willie Mays. Got it to the 14-yard line. Time running out in regulation play. Man with a 22-yard field goal. Tie it at 31. Then in the second overtime, less than 50 seconds into it, going for the touchdown, a play that Baltimore did not expect. It was 37-31. The Oakland Raiders have advanced to the AFC Championship, and, of course, they will be playing the amazing Denver Broncos and the Broncos have to be the success story of this year. Uh, this guy doesn't get it. He's been out of broadcasting forever. The only reason he's doing it is he lives in Vegas. And I guess he might have been uh, to his dad's uh, Mr. Davis's, I call him Mr. Davis, Al Davis, of course. Good buddy. Um, not Mark's. I don't know what the, I don't know what came to it. Brent, how are you today? I am fine, Dan. How you doing, lad? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So uh, the new gig with the Raiders. Uh, how did this come up? <laughs> uh, I was uh, at a hockey game one night, and uh, Mr. Davis, Mark Davis, and I were chatting, and he said, um, "Say, would you like to uh, do some uh, some broadcasting with us?" And you know. With, in the evening and had a cold one. And I said, well, you know, sure. We'll talk about it. And I thought maybe Dan, that they wanted me to, uh, to do some of the preseason television work on the, uh, not the regular season games, but before the season started, I didn't think much about it. And then, uh, Mr. Bedane called Mark Bedane. He was the president of the team. And it suddenly dawned on me. They were talking about the full, radio gig of doing every game. And so it just, it, it started, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't thinking about going back into the booth, but, uh, the more I thought about it, especially with John Gruden, uh, going back to the sideline, you know, uh, Dick Vermeil worked with me for, for years before he went back. And, uh, and I stayed close with Dick through the years and it's always a great story. And I'm always amused when people say, ah, oh, the game, the game has passed him by. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's how it's, that's how that's how it came about. What are your expectations for the Raiders, like in the short term, long term, with Gruden? Well, short term, uh, they've got their hands full. Okay, uh, they're going to have about on the fifty-three man roster. I was working on it last night, and I see. 
25, it could be even up to 30 new faces from a year ago. Wow. And I went back and I looked at some games. Uh, I was, I was kind of curious as to how they had played. So I went back and I looked at some games from a year ago and, uh, to tell you the truth, the, the offense was kind of a hit and miss. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure whoever was running, whoever was running the offense for Jack Del Rio, it didn't strike me as someone who really knew how to operate an offense. And when, when Gruden was first with the Raiders, the one thing they could do is move the football. Uh, John knows how to do that. And uh, Carr was up and down last year. When the team played well, it was because he was really at the top of his game. And when they played poorly, to tell you the truth, uh, that's when he threw uh, most of his interceptions and turned it over. But a lot of that is on the guys who were designing the plays. Uh, Amari Cooper was very hard to, to shake the double-team coverage. The safeties were always coming up over the top on him. So I, I think it's going to be a completely different team. But short-term, short term, I would uh, say that Raider Nation should probably have some patience with what's going on. The, the defense, the secondary, was dreadful last year. They had only five interceptions. And that's just horrible. Uh, you know, in the NFL, you've got a, a, a defense has to inter, intercept 21, 24 passes in the course of a season to stay relevant. Long term, long term, I would think they're going to do very, very well. The one thing that Gruden did that Vermeil didn't do is Gruden came in and tore that roster up right away. Uh, Dick was a different kind of a coach. So I, I would say, listen, Gruden... Gruden's act, he's a very good coach. There's, in fact, Vermeil called me. This is kind of a cute story. Because the writers wanted to talk to Dick about the hiring of Gruden. And one of the writers said, can you believe, can you believe that they're paying him $10 million a year? And Vermeil fires back, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be listening to an 80-year-old commentator who's been away from the game for a long time. And, um, well, he's boring, man. Just listen to any of his stuff, and you'll fall asleep. I do. What are you hearing in town about the Raiders? Because there's a vote next week, most likely, with the NFL membership that uh, might give the green light for the Raiders to come. Yeah, the gossip is that they're still they they need twenty four owners, as you know, out of the thirty two. And the gossip is that they may be a little short right now, and they're going to have to do some arm twisting. But you and I know that the NFL, above all else, will follow the money, and and the state has put up a lot for building this arena. And uh, Bank of America said they will lend them the rest to get it built. We were just in Vegas on Tuesday. We did a show there. And the talk in Vegas right now is, is they're going to get an NFL team. So Mark Davis, the owner, uh, was kind of railing against Oakland yesterday. And he was talking about we're not getting any respect. And listen, Oakland's in California. California has a lot of taxes. It's very difficult. First of all, California real estate's expensive. So there's not a lot of available real estate you can buy, like Texas. You ever fly into Texas? God, you fly into Texas. It's like Mars. I mean, you, you just go... You go 20 minutes looking down with no houses. In Texas, it's easier to get available land for a cheaper price. In New York City, they took a billion dollars to build Jerry World in Texas. It's gorgeous. It's stunning. The same amount of money 
in New York built a cardboard box in MetLife, which is the most boring, generic stadium I've ever been to that costs a billion dollars. There's not a lot of land in California that's available for a reasonable price. And owners don't want to have to pay for everything. You know, they're billionaires. And so Oakland's in California. There's not a lot of cheap land. The reality is Californians pay high taxes. They don't want to pay more taxes. In Vegas, Vegas also has one of the great advantages in America. Because Oakland's actually a better fit for the Raiders. Vegas has four Fortune 500 companies. The Bay Area's got over 16. Incomes, Big Edge Bay Area. Educational attainment, Bay Area is 7th in America. Vegas is 124th. You have more people, higher educational attainment, greater incomes, more Fortune 500 companies. That's what you want in a city. But Vegas has an advantage. Vegas is able to because of the number of hotel rooms. Now, people don't understand how many hotel rooms Vegas has. You have no idea, right? I used to live in Portland. Portland has 7,000 hotel rooms, and that's, they've got an NBA team there. It's a beautiful city, size of Pittsburgh. Portland's got 7,000 hotel rooms. That's what the Bellagio has. That's what the Venetian has. MGM's got 6,900. So what does that mean? That Vegas can just add to the $12 room tax another $1.50, and it makes $2 million a day or $740 million in a year. There's a huge advantage that Vegas has that no other city really has. Land's not that expensive. You ever flown over Nevada? There's people in two places. A lot of them in Vegas, a few of them in Reno. Then I think it's like Tonopah. California's crowded. There's a lot of people. Land's real expensive, and people are already taxed. So I just don't think people don't understand the advantage. It's remarkable to me that we could never get over the gambling stuff. Vegas has this huge built-in advantage of hotel rooms. Let me look up the number right here real quick. I should have done some homework on this. Let me look up real quick. 150,000 hotel rooms in Las Vegas and growing quickly. Portland's got 7,000. And Portland's like a mid-sized city. We're joined now on the phone from Maui by Chris Berman. And Chris, first of all, thanks for calling. Obviously, the, 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 the floor is yours anytime you want it. But when this news comes down about the Raiders moving from Oakland to Las Vegas, obviously it, uh, it, it hits you in a specific way. How did you react? Well, it stinks. I mean, it, I mean there's, there's just as the Chargers moving stinks. You think of the fans first. Right. I mean, these are two old-time AFL teams. However, I don't want to put the two of them in the same boat, but these are both stadiums that have long been – this isn't news that Oakland needed a place to play in the Bay Area and was it coming, just like San Diego needed a new place to play in San Diego. But for the – and I know the Oakland Raiders have moved once before, Scott, but right. it just, it just, that fan base, that fervor, um, I feel like it's a punch in the gut for those fans. And I, and I, and I bet you the players deep down feel the same thing. It, it's not without reason. I get it. Well, we've gone from a team in the Bay Area and a second team and, and from one in San Diego to two in L.A. and one in Las Vegas. It doesn't, 
But at the meantime, the, the average value of, the, of each franchise in the NFL has gone up with these moves. So you see what I'm saying? Of course. I mean, it's, it's not complicated in that regard. And yet, to your point, I think it's no secret, Boom, you, you love this league. You know so many of the movers and shakers. It, it, if you had their ear and you had a thought to share with them about the importance of some sense of stability now, this is three and 15 months. What, what would your message be to the, to the guys that are in the room making these decisions? Be careful that you ask for loyalty. I understand it's business. I get it. I'm, right. My head's not in the in the ground, Scott. But of course, you loyalty is a big word, and it, this isn't much loyalty on the fan level. You know, mm-hmm. um, my 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 word in the room would be. Each case is individual, you know, and, and the Oakland thing isn't, Bob, you don't need me to go through it. Um, and I, I know if a, a perfect world, they'd be staying. I, we do know that, but it, it's not a perfect world. My, my, my caution to the league would be, it's looking like every, everything is a grab for what makes it more profitable across the board. Uh, are you being too transparent? That would be my, that would be my overall message because you asked that question. This isn't so. That, that's a bigger one than even this particular move today. But look, it 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 doesn't doesn't smell right, does it to you? No, and yet you point out that they've left once before, and we all know that you're, you're trying to get stadiums built. And what what sits wrong with me is that you're asking people to foot the bill for this, and these are billionaires. But I mean, I mean, everybody in the room's getting richer, and it's the fans in these cities, whether it's St. Louis for the second time, Oakland now for the second time, uh, or San Diego, that end up the league just kind of shrugs and says, "Sorry, you know, you can get uh, you can get the ticket and watch it on a dish." I mean. I just, I don't know what, at some point, Boomer, and we started to see it last year, didn't we, where the popularity of a league is such that you think that it's impervious, right, to the changes that the world's going through. I, I think you just have to be careful the slope you're putting your product on. It, you know, my opinion, and it told us, I, I'm totally biased. I'm totally biased about this. But if I was the NFL, I would come in here uh, simply because this is such a good destination for fans to come and visit. Now I know that that uh, I mean, forget the gambling. I mean that that thing is long past, and uh, and the integrity of the game. Everybody understands that. So for all you fans that are going to listen to Brent Musburger, my heart goes out to you. I'm not gonna. That's a fact because <laughs> he doesn't know shit about the Raiders, even though he's a Raider fan. I love hearing that shit. Oh, Brent Busberger's been a Raider fan forever. He couldn't be a pimple on Greg Papa's ass. Newton in the gun. Slot left. Olsen runs it out. Cut. They fake that. They spring. Intercepted by Khalil Mack. You know, I always hear the line, it was, uh, the NFL is better when the Raiders are good. I'm like, screw you. The Raiders are better when the Raiders are good. 
Fourth down. Raiders get this play stopped. In less than 15 yards, they will take over. San Diego will have one timeout remaining. Rivers back in his end zone. Gets hit by Irvin from behind. Throws. Intercepted by Reggie Nelson. Go down, Rick. He wants to run it back. 20, 15. He dives down now and he goes down. The Raiders have got the game. Bruce Irvin supplied the pressure from behind. And Reggie Nelson comes up with his fourth interception as a Raider. And this one to secure a playoff spot for the Silver and Black. The long drought is over. The Raiders are going back to the playoffs. And that is all I have to say about that. The bone line, 1-800-620-7181, 1-800-620-7181. Yes, the stragglers, the ones that have been holding on to my show with a fingernail, are still with us. <laughs> so what is up, Raiden Nation? Let's hear it. And our first caller, Raider Rob from Maryland. What's up, brother? Raider Greg. Raider Rob from Maryland. Just listened to your last podcast. I was driving home from work on Saturday. And I looked at my phone. I was like, yeah, nice. You know what, man? It's just nice to hear you. See you, Randy. See you know, Raider Nation. I mean, this season's going to be cool, man. This might be it in California, so it's going to be cool. So, whatever. I'm stoked. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun year. Go Raiders. Yeah, I, too, believe it's going to be an exciting year, exciting season, a lot of changes, so it'll be interesting to see how our team comes together um, and who sinks and who swims to the top. You know, it's a, it's a new season. It's a new time. I know California lights are dimming, but uh, it's exciting. And I can't wait to see Chucky on the sidelines, bro. And our next caller is Raider Al, straight out of Georgia. What's up, bro? Raider Greg, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, what's going on, brothers? You guys were getting me nervous, man. I thought you wasn't going to have another podcast, man. I mean, last time I talked, or anyway, this is Raider Al from Georgia. Last time I talked to you guys, I was coming out there to the giant game. I was supposed to try to find you guys with your barbecue, but shit, man. I was so overwhelmed with all my family out there, all my Raider family. Never made it. Anyway, Gruden. You know, I think it's the unknown. I don't know how it's going to go. But one thing I like about Gruden, he is actually creating competition. Last year, those guys were just handed their jobs. This year, you got to earn your job. From Marshawn on down, you got to earn your job. Donald Penn, shit, we drafted a damn tackle. He better step it up. Anyway, 
just waiting for this season to start. Listen to like nine different podcasts. Of course, you guys are my favorite. You know that. And uh, hopefully talk to you guys during the season. I am going to do Arizona this year because we've never been out to Arizona. You know, East Coast people, we don't get out to the West Coast that much. But we will be at the Arizona game. So if you guys won't happen to be there, let me know. Peace. Raider Nation for life. Well, thank you, brother. You know, that's what happens when you get to the Coliseum. You get out, as soon as you take five steps, you're enveloped with friends and family. Um, It's crazy. You can't get anywhere. I understand that, too, because I get stuck in different places for the whole game, and that's fine. You know why? Because you're having a great time with whoever you're with at a game. Uh, That's an amazing thing. When you go to away games, it's also amazing. Well, you know. You're going to go to Arizona. That'll be crazy good. It'll be fun. It's always better to go away games. That's what we're doing. Uh, We're not going to go to games at the Taj Mahal in Vegas, but we certainly are going to see our Raiders play in Denver. We're going to go see them play uh, in Atlanta. Wherever they play, um, we're going to look to our season and pick out a game where we can go and spend the, uh, the weekend with the Raiders and the Raider Nation. That's what we're going to do instead of going to every game. Uh, it's kind of our plan. So I get it. It's fun. I didn't get to see you. It's unfortunate, but I get it. <laughs> totally. It's a fantastic place for any Raider fan. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is the Jersey Boy Raider. He is in the house. What you got for us, man? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is the Jersey Boy Raider. Haven't forgotten a while because I haven't heard you in a while. <laughs> I just want to say, Raider, Raider Greg, I am just calling just to say thank you. Uh, so pleasantly surprised to see the Raider Nation podcast update pop up on my phone. Oh, my God. It was great. And just great to hear your voice, your contagious laugh, your passion for the Raiders that we all share with you. No one like you, brother, though. No one like you. So, uh, hey, I've, I've said it many times. If it was your last show, thank you for everything. But, uh, man, we are all so happy and blessed to have another episode. So it sounds like you're back, hopefully. Uh, heard you have a surgery coming up. I wish you all the best for that. Um, and, uh, hey, I am so excited as well for Chucky Gruden. I've wanted him for years. I think we all do. He is a Raider. He is one of us. He chose to come back here and be with the Raiders. Good things are happening. I think he is clearing out some, you know, some players. Uh, he is he is getting that locker room where he needs it, where he wants it, where he knows we are going to win with these players. I trust in him. I trust in the process. We really have someone going to take us back to the winning ways of the Raiders, the, the greatness of the Raiders. I really do believe that if anybody can do it, it is Gruden. Uh, so, so much more to talk about. It's early. I'm excited for this season. But this 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 message is basically just to thank you, Raider Greg. Great to see you back out there, man. Great to, great to hear on the podcast. Great to hear all the callers. And I'm excited for another season. So I just want to wish you all the best and say thank you. Thank you very much, Raider Greg. Raider Randy, Raider Nation, this is Jersey Boy Raider, and I am out. Wow, bro. Thank you, man. We appreciate that very much. I know we've been out. It's me. It's not Randy. Randy be doing shows every week. Uh, it's more me. Because I'm a little emotional. <laughs> you guys know. You guys know. But I appreciate 
um, that you uh, enjoy our show. It's great. Randy and I both do. Um, and it's been doing a long, long time, and we're glad we can share with you and all the other Raider fans, if the three other guys that like to listen to our show. Just kidding. But, yeah, you know what? Gruden, he brings it. Like I said many times, he brings that attitude and the change in the locker room, like you say. Um, there's a lot of change going on, so it's going to take us a while to get on our feet. But I like the process. I like where we're going. I like as far as the the, the team is going, I do like everything outside of that realm as far as Mark is concerned. Forget it. But um, I do like that he's taking over the team, making it his, making it his, you know, mentality. Uh, that's very important, the consistent message. And like the last caller said, you know, guys got their job handed to them um, when Del Rio was here. It ain't happening under Chucky. I don't care who you are. Well, I do care who you are because he's not going to do anything about Derek Carr. He's a talent. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, he's a talent. These guys are showing that they deserve to be there, and they've proven they deserve to be there. Um, but I think he's building a, a monster. And I think he learned, and I hate to say it, from Belichick and other teams that are well run, how you want your locker room to be, and that's what he's doing. Appreciate the call and the love, my brother. And our next caller, Raider Jim. He's calling from the East Coast. Beautiful out there this time of year, bro. <laughs> I know. What is happening on the East, Beast? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Jim calling from the East Coast. Awesome that your podcast is back up and running, getting fired up. Training camp is only days away. And so since we're so close to training camp, uh, my mind has been starting to get all active towards the Raiders. And I've been thinking about this off season. And I, I have a couple of predictions that I would, I would like to go out on the limb and make. Uh, one is we are going to be very sorry that we let Corderell Patterson go. To me, he was the one that made the least amount of sense in the offseason. Didn't understand why we would trade him away for, what was it, a fifth-round pick or whatever we got from the Patriots. Didn't understand that at all. I thought he was underused. And aside from his attitude problem, uh, I think we're going we're gonna to miss Crabtree. I like Jordy Nelson, but I just think Crabtree was, was Carr's go-to man. With that said, my prediction still is that the Raiders are going to have a better record than last year for the simple fact that we have John Gruden as coach. In 2002, when the Raiders were ripped off by the referees in the tuck rule game, which is even hard to say still, one of my coworkers who knew that I was a rabid Raider fan asked me the next morning, he said, what do you think about, or not after the game, but after, after uh, Davis traded Gruden to the Buccaneers, he said, what do you think about that? And I said, what I think is that the Raiders will have 10 years minimum of mediocre football. I didn't want that prediction to be right, but unfortunately it was even worse. It was longer than 10 years. I think John Gruden is that important. So I am 
optimistic overall for the Oakland Raiders, maybe not Super Bowl this year, maybe not even deep into the playoffs this year, but definitely a better record. It's going to be a different team. It's going to be a different attitude. I like how you were talking about on the podcast, the Raider way, equating that with John Gruden and his intensity and his passion. I love it too, man, and I can't wait. So Raider Greg, Raider Randy, looking forward to you keeping us up to date as the season continues to draw closer and as we continue to build in the excitement for the Raiders. Go Raiders. God bless the Raider Nation. Talk to you next time. Good call, bro. Good call, as usual. Yeah, you know what? I think we'll have a better record than last year. We're not going to the playoffs. We might, you know, have some great games. I think we'll have some fabulous games. But I think the key here is the change. The change in the locker room, the change in mentality, like I talked about before, the way the players see themselves and the organization and their destiny. I mean, you know, it takes a special guy to put that into your brain sometimes, especially when you're a young man. I mean, it's brutal. It ain't going to be easy, but it's going to be nice to see a different offense, a different mentality, the the effort, the... Uh, I just think that he brings a whole different aspect to the team. I, I want to see it go through its changes, but not overnight. It's not going to happen overnight. You know that too. But it's a great promise, and I think he's going to take us to great places uh, in the future. But Cordell Patterson was another head-scratcher to me. only thing I can think of with Patterson is they didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to pay him, so they didn't pay him. He... Uh, He's kind of a shifty dude. I like him too, but maybe he didn't see him in the offense. I think it's more money than anything else. And I know Crabtree was attitude more than anything else. Uh, maybe the money too. I mean, we've got to look at the fact that Mark has no money. So a lot of these, these things that happen, maybe they were driven by finance. I have no doubt. Appreciate the call and the love, my brother. The season is here, man. And as far as camp goes, really, I've been through enough camps to know that you can see some upcoming guys, but it really, really culminates in this next four games. I mean, the four preseason games are where you see what is happening. And if it looks like crap, well, that's what it's going to look like most of the season, like last year. Yes, last year's camp or the four games of preseason looked like crap. And people kept saying, oh, it's going to get better. We're just preseason. Well, bullshit. Bullshit. When your team looks like they're disorganized, they don't know where they're supposed to be in preseason, especially that third game, forget it. Forget about it. Because uh, they're not ready, and it's going to take them a few games into the season maybe to click. But they're not ready. I expect them not to be ready this year but I expect them to look a lot better in preseason than last season. Appreciate the call and the love, my brother. And our next caller is Raider Keith from SoCal. Yeah, he's down there in the heat. What's up, my brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Keith from Sonora, California. I'm uh, going about this whole Greg Papa being fired 
Um, you know, we just got the complete news today on the broadcast in 95-7 the game. We knew it was going down last week. We kept hearing the rumors. But I'm super upset about it, man, because, uh, you know, he's a Raider. And um, for him, for them to get rid of him the way they did, it ain't right. It ain't right at all. And uh, I'm just real upset about it. My dad and I, we put the games on mute on the TV and listen to him and Tom Flores. And the way they did Tom Flores, I know the dude is 84 years old or whatever, but he's, he's a flipping Raider legend. And I know he stutters a little bit on the radio and whatnot, but still, you got to let that man work until he's done. And same with Papa. He's a, from Buffalo, but he loves his Oakland Raiders or L.A. Raiders or bunk-ass Las Vegas Raiders now, which I think is garbage. But anyways, everything's all about money always. But I'm, I'm just wanting to, you know, get on the bone line and rant a little bit and, uh, you know, share my thoughts on it. And I know Brett Musburger is a legend. But uh, he ain't no Raider like you and like me and like my boy Gavin Moniz. And he ain't, he ain't no Raider like Greg Papa. And uh, that's it. Thank you for having the bone line. Can't wait to see the next show. I'm going to be out at one of the training camps. My uncle's going to give me his tickets. Maybe I can meet you out there in person and, uh, you know, share some thoughts and whatnot. Thank you, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. So have a good week. Peace. Well, there you go. I couldn't have said it. I didn't say it better than that. You said it the best. To listen to a game called by Flores and Papa, that's the Raiders. That's the Raiders calling the Raider game. Now, Brett Musburger, uh, he's a Raider fan, I guess. This is what I hear. I think that's horseshit, but whatever. Let me see your Raider room, bro. That's all I need to see. You show me a big room with all kinds of Raider shit in it, I might believe you then. But talking about it, coming out of your face, forget it. You're going to have to prove it to me, Musburger. I don't, you're never going to anyway. Greg Papa, icon, sports icon. He knew everything about everything. I listened to him on baseball, Giants, A's, Warriors, everything here in the Bay Area. I mean, uh, sports in general, what a genius. Mark Javis is such a fucking punk. And what a classless act. And pardon my French, but I'm so furious over that panhead. I can't even tell you. But Greg Pop is going to be fine. He's got other things going on. He's here in the Bay Area. Mark can move his goat-smelling ass to Las Vegas, where it's 116 degrees today. Good luck with that, Mark. I bet you spend most of your time here in Oakland and just go there uh, when you have to. Anyway, long story short, appreciate the call. Um, I'm glad you had something to say about Papa. A lot of people saying it's just a radio voice. I don't think so, bro. You laid it out perfect. And our next caller, my good brother, the Northwest Raider. Raider Tony is in the house. What's up, Tony? Raider Greg, Raider Nation, this is the Northwest Raider, Raider Tony, calling from the sunny and beautiful, nice and cool weather, Pacific Northwest here in the summer, um, sunny in the summer, not the rest of the year, but anyway, I'm calling because I just heard the latest podcast and Awesome as always. It was uh, really good to hear your analysis and 
uh, as well as the calls from everyone else. Man, you guys got me so excited about this upcoming season. I just bought a couple of tickets. Um, you know, I'm really going to try. Uh, we're going to try to make it to as many games as we can this year. And uh, I almost pulled the trigger on season tickets. Um, I didn't. Um, but uh, uh might end up being where, <laughs> you know, if things go as planned, probably be there for all the home games anyway. Um so, uh, you know, a lot of flights out of SeaTac. But uh, anyway, so excited. I can't wait. I'm not going to make any predictions again, but I just think we're going to have a good year. And, uh, you know, with John Gruden and this great coaching staff, yeah, that's where it starts is with the coaching. And, uh, you know, I think we have the players. So, uh, you know, we'll see. The sky's the limit, man. But I'm just – I'm jumping out of my, my seat. I'm so excited. Uh, I actually wanted a call to uh, – uh, kind of do a shout out and uh, thank you to Greg Papa and uh, Tom Flores who were just uh, you know uh, fired basically uh, they were not uh, you know they're they by Mark Davis uh, they're not uh, being brought back as broadcasters you know I am um, grew up listening to those guys you know living in the Bay Area whenever we we didn't uh, get a sellout, you know, the games were blocked out a lot. And the only option was the radio. And uh, so I caught so many games uh, in the post-Gruden early 2000s on the radio uh, and heard them through the eyes and ears of Greg Papa and Tom Flores. And, I mean, they were great. I'm going to miss hearing Greg Papa's touchdown Raiders. I mean, that. Even um, when games were televised, there were times I'd even switch over to, <laughs> to turn on the radio just to hear Greg Papa uh, yell touchdown Raiders. Tom Flores, great announcer too. And, uh, you know, I mean, he was a great coach. Probably one of the best coaches we had right up there with the Madden and, and um, you know, obviously Chucky. Uh, Tom Flores was the, the first Hispanic coach, first minority coach and professional uh, football and sports and you know, it was brought on by Al Davis and won two Super Bowls for us and he did a great job as an announcer so um, you know I don't know why necessarily they were fired I'm reading today that there was a feud with Mark whatever um, it is what it is um, I was kind of hoping that they'd at least be kept on through uh, through the you know the last years here in Oakland and then, you know, I could understand them retiring and the Raiders moving on. But uh, whatever happened, thank you, Tom Flores. Thank you, um, Greg Papa. And uh, on behalf of the Raider Nation, you know, you guys were awesome. And uh, I'm going to miss them, you know. Uh, like I said, I mean, you know, now not in the Bay Area. And we live in the Northwest now. And so uh, – with direct ticket and direct TV, we catch all the games anyway. But uh, even now, there were times that I still would turn on the radio just to hear Greg Papa yell, touchdown Raiders. You know, that was uh, my favorite announcer out of all these uh, announcers on TV and the radio. And uh, so thank you. And, uh, you know, anyway, uh, that's all I wanted to say, Raider Greg. Just wanted to give my two bits on those two guys and give them some love. And uh, can't wait for the season. Go Raiders. I'm out.
Well, you hit a lot of subjects as usual, Tony. Um, yeah, last season at the Coliseum for me, um, I'm going every game that I can because, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a memory, one that only a few can share here in the Bay Area. I'm sure all over the world people have traveled to the Coliseum, unlike anywhere else. Uh, they'll love the new place. The palace will be nice. It'll be all shiny and wonderful, but it will have nothing, and I mean nothing, like the Coliseum crowd, man. Nothing like the parking lot. Nothing like the boot car football fan, the Raider Nation in the house. Nothing like the Coliseum crowd. Be totally different. So, and as far as Greg Papa, Tom Flores, you said it, tragic. I mean, the rebranding of the Raiders, it starts right there. Appreciate the call, brother. And our next caller from hot and humid, <laughs> Texas. Raider Zen's in the house. What you got for us, bro? Raider Nation, this is Raider Zen calling from Texas. And it is hot here, another triple day, and I am also hot. So I assume everyone by now knows that Greg Papa is no longer with us, and or at least he is no longer the the, the radio, the voice of the radio. And um, as a as a radio fan from Texas, this actually hurt me more than the move move from Oakland. I'm really 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 disappointed that they're not even going to give him a game or two or something, some kind of send off. I mean, for as long as I can remember, when I've listened to the Comcast, you know, stream, it's always been Papa. And for the fact that they're not even going to honor this, they're just going to fire him in the off season. Now I'm, I'm hearing Lincoln Kennedy might be the color commentator, and I, and I guess I'll give him, you know, partial credit for that because I mean I did enjoy him, but I mean, Papa's a legend. He's he's a legend, and and I'm not even from the Bay, but I know he's a legend, and he deserves more than, you know, just getting tossed out like like trash. And so maybe maybe there's more to it. Maybe he said, maybe he told Mark Davis my last year and he was out, and so maybe. Maybe there is something that I'm missing, but I'm disappointed in, in the optics of this whole thing. And, and I know you and Greg have, have been very, very adamant that Mark Davis is, you know, not on the level of his daddy. And I guess we all know that part, but I think this is a very missed opportunity. If they're really just going to fire him and shuffle him off to the side without, you know, giving him his moment in the sun, they're disappointed. All right, Raiders. Y'all be good people. I'm out. Freaking epic, bro. Now, you see, that's what I'm talking about when we come together as a nation. Great idea. Why the hell didn't Mark Davis give Greg Papa his moment in the sun, a chance for the fans to say goodbye to him? That would have been so much better for the Raider label, for the organization, for the history. But no. Another smear, like in his pants, Mark Davis lays a fucking egg when it comes to my favorite sports guy. Now, I'm partial because I love Greg Papa. He is the legend here in so many more ways. But the classless Mark Davis, the bullhead haircut Mark Davis, the, I'm going to stand in the lobby and banter back and forth with fans 
about the Vegas move. Dumb shit, Mark Davis. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what to say about this clown. Um, it's unfortunate that he owns a team. I wish his mother was young enough to handle it because she would be far better at everything here for sure. And let's not talk, you know, we're going to go down this road. I'll go down the road for sure. You know, Mark Davis never sat with his dad in the Coliseum. I never saw Mark there with his, his dad. I saw everybody else. I saw, I saw Flores. I saw everybody else. Um, Cliff Branch. I mean, any of the old timers, they would be sitting next to Al, but his son, Mark, had season tickets to the Warriors, and he went to more Warrior games than he ever went to Raider games. Now, I know there's a dynamic between a father and a son. I get that. Sometimes it's not quite the best thing, but damn. You mean to tell me that <laughs> you're not going to take interest in the father's business? Really, bro? And now you own it, and you act like you own it. Well, Marky, I don't even know if you're going to be alive long enough to appreciate what you have. I don't think you get it, and I don't think you're going to ever get it. Because the traditions and the things that were important to your dad, you know what, bro? You lost it all, as far as I can see as a fan. Uh, you'll always be at the little table in the NFL meetings, bro, because that's just who you are. And on that note, I appreciate that phone call, brother. You said it the best. I mean, uh, that's why I love the nation. You guys come in with the right stuff. appreciate the call uh, very much. Keep them coming, bro. Well, that is it for this edition of the Raider Nation podcast. You know, I, I, I kind of sound doomy and gloomy, and I hate to be that way. But I'm not, because I'm very positive about the Raiders. I think no matter what happens in the future here, we're seeing something great in the beginning. It's tumultuous. Yeah, there's a lot of hurt feelings, mine, a lot of people. A lot of people very happy. And I'm happy for those fans that are going to be totally happy. They can go to Vegas. They can see a game. It's better for them. I am totally happy for them. Trust me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sour grapes. You know, I'm kind of pity party for me, but I hope you can relate to that. But as far as the Raiders and the future, shit, man, it's going to be good. It's going to be real good by the time they get settled into Vegas. Everybody's moved there. The wife and kids are situated in the house, the schools they want to go to, and all that settles down. Because I'm going to tell you, as an NFL player, if I had to move my family from California to Vegas, I mean, the drama and the trauma involved, even though I wouldn't want to be involved, you have to be involved as a father, a husband, head of household. It's, it's brutal. And learn a new playbook. And show up early and stay late. And produce on the field. I mean, that's a lot in a bucket, bro. A lot in a bucket. So my heart goes out to the players and the families and the and the wives and the kids, it's a huge deal. A lot of tumultuous things going on here. It will settle, and it will get better. But at this point, you know, I'm just singing the blues because, hey, <laughs> it's, my, 
It's our team, but they play right here by me, and I'm going to be pissed that I can't just go on Sunday and see my Raiders. That's the bottom line for me. Other than that, the team's going to kick ass and screw all the other fans because there's only one nation, and that is the Raider Nation. And that is all I have to say about that.